guys, and uh, welcome to uh, another episode of Healing Humans. So before we kick off, I just want to just do some uh, shout-outs. Well, not shout-outs, some uh, housekeeping stuff. So straight up, if you're watching this on Facebook, don't forget to hit the like and follow. So you know when we upload videos natively onto Facebook. Secondly, if you are on YouTube, just uh, hit the bell button and the subscribe button and then you know when we post videos up to YouTube. Okay, so tradition as usual, I'll just say hey to Sean. Sean, how's it going? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. Cool. So, um, my website went live today. So yeah, if you wanted to go check it out, go to seanwilliams.com.au. You can book appointments and also my shops now my online shops available so my products are on there so you're able to to uh to purchase those from the website we will be doing a, a facebook shop as well so you'll be able to buy them from facebook soon okay guys also it is available internationally as well so if you are an international watcher you are most definitely able to purchase natural products from sean all right, so this episode, guys, we're going to talk about something that has been requested over and over again. We're going to talk about sugar and the bliss point. So we're going to kick off straight away. So, Shawnee, let's start with sugar. So is sugar good or is sugar bad? Uh, yeah, that's an interesting question. So sugar is, sugar is yes, sugar is bad for us. And uh, yes, sugar is good for us. It's... It's an interesting question. It's a loaded question, but uh, it's a good question. So sugar, when it's added to all our food, like it is in a, a lot of our manufactured foods, uh, it's bad for us. Uh, we'll get to that. But sugar is also very good for us because our bodies primarily run on glucose, on sugar. So sugar, which is sucrose, is one molecule of glucose and one molecule of fructose. So we require that glucose to run, especially our brain. Our brain runs on nothing but glucose and our body prefers uh, carbohydrate or glucose to run. Now our body can use other things, like it can use, it can break down and, and, uh, and use both fats or, or lipids and proteins. So it can use and create ketones for our body to run on, but it is not particularly productive for our body to do that. There are some things that are good for our body in that terms, but ultimately our body wants glucose. That's what it craves. And uh, this is why, you know, things like sugar are so addicted to us, addictive to us. So we, um, you know, we, we associate sugar as a bad thing, because of excess sugar. So how did this happen? How, how is it post World War II that like everything has sugar and uh, most people are now trying to limit the amount of sugar or intake rather than allowing the body to absorb as much sugar as they can. Mm -hmm. What happened? How do we get to this point? How do we get to the point where everything has sugar? Well, so this sugar, this added sugar that we we're, we're referring to, it's it's called free sugar or added sugar. It's literally in everything that we eat that is manufactured. 
And this even includes like health foods. You go to the health food section of your supermarket, I guarantee you it's the same thing. It's either full of sugar or it's full of aspartame, which is that artificial sweetener, like an alternative sweetener. And that's even worse for you than sugar. But uh, so back, uh, I can't remember exactly when, but uh, this American researcher and I think he's like a psycho physicist. His name was uh, Howard Moskowitz. And he developed this methodology that was referred to as the bliss point. And effectively what, what they're trying to do is they're, they're adding sugar or salt or fat or a combination of all three to the product in order to, I guess, find what is referred to as that deliciousness point. It's that point where you, you eat it and you go, yes, this is good and I will buy that again. And there's a certain methodology that they use in order to, to get that. So, um, yeah, so you, you have things like sugar, with this added sugar, which, which really isn't sugar. It's called, sorry guys, that was my phone. That was probably a client of mine. But uh, there is a sugar. Uh, the sugar that they add to our food is, is corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup. Now, interestingly, the fructose in corn is not bad for us, but when you isolate it into a syrup, and it's so concentrated, it's really bad for us. You know, our liver can barely manage it. Um, if you were to take that a, tea, a teaspoon of, or a tablespoon of that high fructose corn syrup and just drink it straight, you, you, you would literally go, oh, you know, that's so sweet. The sweetness is so concentrated. Um, the fats that they add is, is hydrogenated uh, or hydrogenated uh, vegetable oils which in itself is not good either that's you know it's like trans fat and saturated fat not good and the salt the salt is iodized salt so they iodize the salt it's meant to help with um, i guess in our diets there's a real lack of iodine so that certain governments have their many food manufacturers iodize the salt it's like the same way as they fortify certain milks with calcium is the same thing only this is iodine so that's not such a bad thing it's what they use to stop the salt from sticking together it's the anticoagulant yeah that that's really bad so that that can be really bad so they use those three sugar salt and fat to create that deliciousness point that gets people hooked or addicted to the to, to this and this is how we end up with this excessive amounts of sugar because you know, they recommend that we have like, I think it's like four teaspoons of sugar a day, which in grams is probably around about maybe, maybe 20 grams a day. Like that's for everything. Um, and most products have got that much sugar in just that product. So, I mean, we're talking like canned soup, baked beans, spaghetti, um, pasta sauces, and then you have the you know the the Asian um, stirring sauces like your sweet and sour sauces. All these have got these added sugars. I mean, this is just the food. And you go to the, like the uh, the health food section, and everything has sugar in it because everything's low fat. You get your yogurts, your dairy products that are low fat. They're low <laughs> fat but high in sugar. Um, what else is there? There is the uh, and then you go to the beverages like everyone forgets about the beverages you've got your your soda drinks or your soft drinks and most of those have got 
25 to 30 grams of sugar in it and that's about five to seven teaspoons of sugar in them you know people are down people are down in those by you know the case a couple of cases of those a week and how is how does this how is this affecting us physically i'm not sure if we discussed this already but i know we've talked about it so many times it's stuck in my head but um uh the bliss point so this is this is what the bliss point is now what does it do to us physically uh so physically it makes us fat so it turns out the fat doesn't make us fat this this concentrated sugar makes us fat so what happens is is when we when we eat these products that have these hidden sugars in them uh our, obviously our blood sugar elevates and our liver ha- has what well, we have two choices if our, our body uses these sugars for just for life but if we're living this very sedentary lifestyle that a lot of us westerners are what happens is is the, the liver then has to convert all this excess sugar in the bloodstream into what's called glycogen and so glycogen gets stored in the in the muscle tissue skeletal muscle, muscle tissue and in the liver but it gets to a point where every all the muscle tissue and the liver gets full it's full of this glycogen and once that happens the the body then starts to turn the glycogen into body fat and or it's called uh yeah glycogen and then it then stores it as body fat uh, in adipose tissue which is fat tissue we all have this adipose tissue but a lot of people have it it's very very saturated with this body fat is triglycerides is what that fat is so you know like when you get a blood test and they say you have high high triglycerides what that means is um, your body's turning a lot of your excess sugar or your excess uh, yeah sugar into triglycerides because your liver is full of glycogen your muscle tissue is full of glycogen like all of your reserves are full and so it now has to start turning it into body fat and that's how we know you know there's something going on in the diet there there's an excess of of glucose intake which is usually in the form of free sugar so what happens is is um this these hidden sugars they add up to a point where you actually end up with excess calories and our bodies can't burn these calories and they get turned into body fat that's probably the simplest way to put it so so basically this excess sugar makes us obese what about on why do we eat it that's the question is like what about the the emotional side and stuff like that the psychological side maybe even the chemical side of it why why are we why did this guy arrive at the bliss point now i know we've jumped forward and we talked about obesity and stuff like that but let's just go back to the bliss point like <clears throat> you said it was done by a uh a psychoanalyst psycho psychophysicist yeah so, so he's he was obviously a- done it he's done it for marketing reasons obviously he's come yeah. up and he's uh created this equation so that marketers can use it for um being able to create food that people will buy so <clears throat> i think that, uh tell us more about the the more psychological chemical and emotional side of uh <clears throat> the bliss point so the idea behind it is to sell products it's all profit it's all about if they can get people emotionally 
hooked on their product addicted? then addicted? addicted yeah addicted yeah. and people are gonna purchase it they're gonna make more money like the whole idea was what they've done is they've effectively hijacked an, an evolutionary biological system within the humans and have used it to create profit so you know using that combination of uh, sugar fat and salt what they've done is they they hijacked that reward that evolutionary or biological reward system within the human being they've they've got it so that when you eat something and it has that perfect amount of sugar or fat or, or salt and sugar and whatever it gets you to go what they're looking for is something they refer to as optimal deliciousness and that's what they're looking for and i mean you could probably understand what that is i mean you would have experienced that optimal deliciousness that's yeah. what they're aiming for <clears throat> what they do is they, still, they yeah they have 10 I'm still dealing with a lifelong like sugar addiction it's hmm. it's horrible it's so hard it's funny that i can quit meat but i can't quit you know sugar. i can't quit sugar it's still because, yeah, your body doesn't have the the well that uh, the obsession we have with meat is very different to the obsession with that we have with sugar um yeah, yeah it's very interesting but it, it is it's very interesting but the, what they do is they create these different recipes and they give them out to different market research groups and so what they do is they have like virtually no sugar in, in this one and a lot of sugar in this one and then varying amounts of sugar in each one and they wow. they keep they keep handing them to the, and to the market research groups and they do the surveys until they get to the point where over and over again people are going yes this is delicious yes i'd buy this you know and yeah that's when they know that they've got the just the right, right amount of sugar they just and that's what they're aiming for optimal deliciousness so next time you're chugging down on a can of coke or a bit of or you, you get a hankering for a piece of chocolate or something that's what they've done they've hijacked your 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 biological reward system and the, you know they're getting that optimal deliciousness getting you addicted yeah. to the food yeah i mean it's so, pure evil and, we're, and because yeah and because of this we're obviously um we're consuming so much uh fat sugar salt but let's stick to sugar that and like you mentioned just before is that the sugar is the reason we're getting fat uh, amongst other things as well that come with the sugar so um what's what what's our average like calorie is it calorie what is it when it goes out kilogram no no what, yeah what's, calorie sorry you're right calorie okay. yeah that's correct Corali, calorie so calorie basically the average let's go with a man let's go with something like a sedentary male so the average seven sedentary male is told that they're supposed to eat around about two and a half thousand calories in order to maintain their 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 weight now this is untrue this is why for a lot of people the calorie the, you know the weight goes up because the truth is is that most average and you know an average sedentary male burns let's say around about 2000 calories a day now it wouldn't take much for a sedentary male to eat say like 2800 calories a day it wouldn't take much so their ex excess is about 800 calories a day which is 5000 600 calories a week uh, you can tell i've done this example a few times so what that equates to is 500 grams uh, of fat being deposited into the body every week 
All right. So what happens is, is you do that over a period of 12 months. So you have a sedentary male who's eating what is effectively a, a normal Western diet. Uh, he's exceeding his calorie intake by about 800 calories a day, which is five, uh, just over five and a half thousand calories a week, which equals 500 grams. Like it wouldn't take long. It wouldn't take long. You could literally put 20 kg, easily put 20 kg on in 12 months. And that's how, how it happens. That's how people, you know, suddenly find themselves four or five years later, going from 70 kg, 75 kgs, optimal weight for somebody who's around about five foot eight, five foot nine. Um, who is, not, who, is, who is not a you just switched daughter. from imperial metric imperial so yeah i did so say like 175 177 yeah uh you know 75 kg and it wouldn't take long say like three years maybe for them to be cracking 100 kgs easy yeah. i've seen it that's why it's important to to stay active <clears throat> I've now, seen, i was listening yeah. to a podcast the other week that says that like you know, every single piece of of, uh, of exercise counts. Like walking the dog, you know, walking mm-hmm. down the street, like to where everything counts. Like, there's not. We have this mentality with exercise that it's like it's all or nothing. And so, what happens mm-hmm. a lot of time is that people just do nothing. And so, this, you know, the weight Absolutely. gain, it's, you know, it's easy. Yeah. yeah. All right, so, so as I said before, it doesn't take long. It only takes a few years to go from your optimal weight, which you maybe you were in your in your in your twenties. Like it's very hard these days because a lot of the young younger fellas now, or a lot of young people are really into that you know energy energy drinks, and that's why they're all overweight yeah. and obese. You know, struggling to maintain weight because if they if they forget about the drinks. Everyone. I've, I've had clients who come and see me and say, oh, you know, I eat a really good diet, but I can't seem to lose the weight. And you ask, okay, so what did you, what have you drunk today? Oh, you know, I had a, I had a half a liter can of mother about 8.30 this morning. Oh, what else? You know, and then I had, uh, I had a, a takeaway coffee and already you think to yourself, there you go. You've just blown your calorie intake straight out the water right there. You know? Yeah. yeah. So it's not hard, but it doesn't take much. It only takes a couple of years to, to break that 100 kg and start heading towards 110, 120 kg when you're a sedentary male, you know, five. And it eight. all comes from, and it all just comes from one dude discovering, you know, through scientific research, you mm-hmm. know, which he then sold to marketing yeah. companies. Yeah. Well, marketed it to food companies. So yeah. with all this sort of sugar intake, um, you know, what, what's what's happening to us? Like, what what's what are we looking at? Like, with this amount of sugar intake, like, it has to lead to some sort of dysfunction. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, straight away we could talk about diabetes, but believe it or not, diabetes isn't the biggest problem. The biggest problem is heart disease. You Why see, um, yeah, a lot of the, the biggest problem we have from from consuming so much of these manufactured foods with the hidden hidden um, sugars and things like that is we, we actually begin to get things like heart disease um, you know there are studies fatty that yeah, yeah fatty deposits is there's, there's um, studies that show that you know an increase 
consumption of, of that free sugar. So when I refer to free sugar, I'm not referring to fruit sugar. That's in the sugar that's found in fruit. I'm not talking about glucose found in, in clean carbohydrates. I'm talking about free sugar that's found in this added sugar. Yeah. And so there's studies that show that, you know, that heart disease is linked to, you know, one of the link, uh, the risk factors that, that increase heart disease is that manufactured high added sugar intake, um, increase obesity. Yeah. And so definitely that's too high blood pressure. Yeah, so twofold right there. If you're fat mm. because you eat too much sugar, you you have a chance of heart disease. And then you consume too much sugar, you have a chance of heart disease. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, it definitely increases your your inflammation levels or your inflammation markers definitely go up. Uh, you got like your what acne's. That mean? What does okay, that yeah. mean? So your yeah, inflammation yeah. levels, uh, your inflammatory markers, just expl- they they are a, a pathology method of indicating how much uh so when you have a blood test yeah it tells you how much inflammation you have in your body see when your body is exposed to any form of trauma your body goes through something called the inflammation cascade and so you have all these different hormones and chemicals released into the 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 bloodstream and and the lymphatic system and it attracts it well first of all it dilates all the blood vessels in the vicinity and then it also uh, begins to um, so you get a lot of white blood cells going to the area a lot of platelets a lot of clotting factors and those sort of things going into the area and so if you have a lot of these in your blood um, they are an indication of your inflammation markers so if you have high levels of these factors in your blood then it tells your doctor or your whoever it is your practitioner tells them that you know you've you've got some form of trauma going on in your body now trauma can be a puncture wound anything from a you know a puncture wound from a nail gunshot wound it can be uh something like a damage from a chemical that's entered your body or your bloodstream it can be trauma from your lungs maybe you're breathing in something that's not good like dust cigarettes cigarettes very good uh it can be in your gut pardon me it can be in your gut from poor diet you know it's it's all trauma trauma is like an umbrella term for so many different things but that's what is happening that's what the inflammation markers uh evaluate is how much trauma is going on in your body and as i said trauma isn't necessarily what we think it is it's can be you know all the chemicals that come from meat digestion that cause trauma increases your inflammatory inflammation levels yeah um acne. Right, sorry i interrupt i interrupted you yeah you were about to start talking about acne so mm-hmm. go ahead so acne high sugar diets are, are you know they increase you know the likelihood of of, of acne outbreaks your the aggressiveness of acne it's all all comes down to you know high sugar diets high sugar so diets, really they, so if i understand from when we were talking about it last week the reason you get acne from high sugar con, uh con, you know for, from consuming too much sugar is more to do with your gut rather than your skin that's correct because i knew yeah. we talked about this last week okay mm. see i'm learning <laughs> i'm learning 
absolutely. So um, when, when you when you have a very sugary uh, environment in your body as well, it it um, promotes the growth of things like yeast and fungus and things like that, which also add to it. It imbalances okay. all that gut microbe uh, microbiome, which is so important to your health. It also it, it uh, increases like your androgen secretion, which is your sex hormones. So these are your estrogens and your testosterones. So it just throws all your hormone levels out, uh, increases all the oil production in your skin because your body's trying to um, excrete a lot of these, uh, you know, everything that's involved in 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 sugar metabolism. So, okay, yeah. and and then once again, it comes down to the inflammation. You're going to have high levels of inflammation in the body. The body's going to want to try and get rid of all this. Quickest way out of the body is the skin, and so you'll have more aggressive outbreaks. My advice is get get off it, get away from the manufactured foods. Yeah. So basically, to break that down into someone, you know, for someone who's not sort of in in the naturopathic industry, um, let's see if I can get this. So. If, if you give in <clears throat> to your list point all the time and c- consume like manufactured food and sugary products, knowingly doing it, okay, as well, you're pretty much giving yourself or, or I shouldn't say giving yourself, but aggravating your acne further by consuming these products. That's correct. Yeah. Okay, cool. You're aggravating so, the underlying cause. Yeah. Stop. So basically, like, just if you are suffering from really bad acne, your sugar intake definitely has something to do with it, and that you really should just stop and consume water and sort of uh, natural foods. Mm, definitely salad. Okay, I just want to say that. Fruit. Yep. Yeah. So if you're mm. consuming junk, you will continue to aggravate your acne. That's correct. And psoriasis. So the um, the most commonly associated condition with sugar is type two diabetes. Um, now it's interesting. So type two diabetes is really interesting. It can be. They've, studies have shown that well, they've actually done clinical trials as well, where they can act, they can actually create type two diabetes in in people through using fat, animal fat. So it's really interesting. But sugar also, obviously. Excessive amounts of sugar creates uh, insulin resistance and things like that. So, if you if you're obese, obviously your body's producing uh, a lot of glycogen to try and store that excess sugar in your body. And so, by doing that, once everything's full, it starts creating body fat. So, when you end up with a lot of fat, a lot of um, triglycerides and things like that, you you do begin to get things like insulin resistance, uh, which is type two diabetes. So. It's very, wow. yeah. It's a very common thing, I guess, with people. Obviously, obesity is is something that is a risk factor in type two diabetes. Yeah, and and I mean that all has a knock on effect into the cancers and things like that. When when you do become obese, you have that excessive amount of of sugar. You're able to, you know, like you literally feed that cancer. Uh, that's why they say go on to a, get away from all the sugars and you know it doesn't feed the cancer what happens is if you have a, a system that is saturated with glucose uh, you can feed anything that requires glucose in that system you can it just it'll live no matter what your body tries to do so you take a tumor a tumor is the body's 
attempting to encapsulate say like a cancer cell so it it let's say you have a bundle of cancer cells cells that are no longer doing what they're supposed to do the body encapsulates it with a tumor and it attempts to uh let's say starve it it's almost like sieging a castle just trying to starve it out but if you have an abundance of of um glucose around the body the you know the body the body has to grow the tumor in order to starve the cancer out in the middle and in the eventually the tumor becomes an, an issue in itself so that's why they say cutting out excessive amounts of sugar of your diet obviously you don't cut all sugar because plants so have to function yeah but vegetables yeah. and fruit are still sugar and you know there's proven that these type of diets assist in in cancer conditions so there's no way i'm going to tell you to stop eating all sugar because sugar comes from your salad-based vegetables your fruits all these type of things as well but let, all let's that free discuss sugar. Let, let's um let's talk about how the bliss point uh and overconsumption of these products can uh affect depression like a lot of uh mental illnesses shall we say absolutely so i mean we've only got to go to our kids to see what happens with and we can see it to an extreme level in our children when you give them sugar like they become extremely hyperactive and then they crash now you take an adult and do the same thing what you have is you have a this happy extroverted person that all of a sudden becomes extremely introverted and withdrawn like this is the that uh, dopamine endorphin system working again like they have uh, a lot of sugar and things like that they're happy they're um euphoric and, and etc etc and then and then once the sugar wears off they become they go become low so they crash you know that's why it it, it creates like this um this vicious cycle of ups and downs ups and downs and as i said we can see that in our children we can see it mm. to an extreme amount in our children but you know when you get to an adult obviously you, you learn to manage those euphoric highs to the point where that's your norm that becomes yeah. your norm and then when you come off the sugar you know just creates this like depression and so you're like a functioning manic sort of thing and then yeah. you know which is you know interrupted by moments of depression that's so, why like, it, this is why cleaning you know, up your diet yeah cleaning up your diet really helps in things like depression it sounds it sounds so arbitrary it does it just you know for a lot of people it, it just it doesn't seem <clears throat> like it's related yeah so that's something we that mm. world definitely needs to change their view is that they think that it, a lot of all mental problems are in the brain and it's like no the brain is attached to your body you need to look around more like mm. and um you know it's very controversial uh you know to think that like um you could be misdiagnosed with uh manic depression when actually what you have is a sugar addiction yeah you know and it sounds it sounds fully ridiculous it does it uh, and i wouldn't blame so a lot of people for shaking their heads and just like yeah, thinking it's ridiculous video off right now yeah, yeah. like you know and we ask you not to because we're the same it, yeah. like i you know i'm still very mainstream in a lot of my thinking you are not i am and um but like as someone mainstream you have to 
you have to take the blinkers off and realize that your brain is connected to your body and that like your brain is affected by a lot of the things that you eat mm. and if you know like you take you don't you don't stuff like drugs into your ear because that's the closest thing to your brain you ingest them which you know it doesn't go straight away to you know you take an antidepressant it goes to your stomach first so if you're the thing that's masking your symptoms starts in your stomach and goes up to your brain or wherever you know you know imagine what other drugs can do like sugar cocaine put some speed into a glass of water and drink it like it's still going to affect your brain and that's why we have to change mm. this mentality that like it's all in your head and you have emotional problems it's like do we do we or are we a society that is so ingrained in addiction that we can't even recognize you know that we're all addicted to something and that we're all just getting withdrawals and symptoms of you know coming off our drug and some people never get those withdrawals because they're just going to the shop and feeding the addiction or they're going to the cupboard or the fridge and then they're yeah. up on their high again well those, you know? those but even when you're addictions. up on your high yeah those yeah, addictions even when you're, up on your high, you're still dealing with uh, you're still dealing like with the addiction like you're yeah. still up there going oh my god why do i feel like this i'm just crazy you know, you know people don't like me and that's your sh that's the sugar high and then you get dumped and you're like mm. oh, i feel like shit oh, i've got to have a coffee with some sugar in it and you know it's and then you, you take know, it and we, yeah. and we can't recognize and then we're back up again and people can't recognize that as addiction yeah and those addictions create habits and so we yeah. end up you know and then we then those those habits become society wide and then it just becomes this accepted like normal, normal you know yeah. like walking around at seven o'clock in the morning with half a liter of energy drink in your hand yeah. and nobody even bats an eyelid you know and then yeah. even more acceptable is coffee like you know yeah. walking around with coffee you know a latte cow's milk and mm. stuff like that and nobody bats an eyelid is fine but it's still like caffeine creates an addictive response in the body plus mm. your sugar you know yeah, yeah and i mean it's studies have shown studies have shown that you know this 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 increase of of, of sugar and processed food increases depression in, in both men and women you know it's, they've shown that it can do that they've done the studies you know they've where they've given uh candidates of these studies different manufactured foods with this hidden or added sugar and they watch them and you know they test them and they show yeah you look look at this your endorphin and dopamine levels are elevated right now and then they test them an hour or two later and oh look they they haven't gone back to normal they've actually dropped below normal and now you're actually in a deficit so it's really interesting to what just you know to mm. so maybe our, maybe our um, mental health issue is actually our food mm. Big time, but again, time. we can we can almost guarantee that this study has been done and proven. But like, it'll never come out because, you know, we are all plugged into the into the idiot box, mm. and the idiot box is owned and and financed by massive companies that have made money from food. Mm. So they're not going to go into their own channels of advertising of marketing. You know, they invented all these news programs and all these TV shows to promote mm. in between them. Like everything else, it's all, everything has come from marketing. You know, the television would not be here today without marketing. 
Yeah, that's of, right. Have every kind of product. Yeah. Sorry, I just got my little tinfoil hat on. So, <laughs> yeah, man, it's crazy. <clears throat> but yeah. I mean, with the hidden sugars, like it goes further and further. Like you, you get like liver liver disease. Like we've got this. Um, you got your alcoholic fatty liver disease, which is the obvious one. Obviously, it's from alcohol. But then, yeah. what about this non-alcoholic fatty liver disease? And those studies have now shown that that is from eating excessive amounts of, you know, extremely elevated levels of sugar. And yeah. what that is, it's just your liver. It's just a buildup of fat on your liver. And uh, yeah, that fat is that that adipose tissue that is generated from uh, that constant build up of sugar and the liver trying to do something with it because you know yeah just very often we urinate it out but very often what about the kidneys are the kidneys yeah. all right or no no kidneys Sorry. would be the same so once the body starts to uh to build up that excess fat you know that excess glucose that gets turned into body fat once that happens it it, it puts it everywhere it puts it all over the place um you know that's why when when they do autopsies and a lot of um a lot of people, a lot of Westerners, especially, you have that plaquing of the arteries, uh, cholesterol plaquing on the arteries. You have it all through the the abdominal cavity. So that's the liver, the spleen, the kidneys, the uh, GI tract. Everything just gets coated in fat because the body's just trying to store it. Um, so yeah. when you were talking about the liver, then, Shawnee, uh, <clears throat> you mentioned alcoholism and. Uh, one thing and you said it's it's the same you said there's two things uh, so um what about gout because i know like a lot of alcoholics get gout man does that something you get from sugar as well uh yeah look um gout is a buildup of uric acid in the in the joints so uric acid is actually just a byproduct of cell metabolism it's one of the many acids that the body produces naturally and then should naturally excrete through the urine. Uh, if you have a buildup of, of, if you have gout, which is a buildup of uric acid in the, in the, the joints, especially that, you know, the, the lower extremities where it usually comes from, I would be looking at the lymphatic system and the kidneys, the adrenals, definitely, because I'd be looking at what's going on there, especially the kidneys, because obviously liver breaks, the liver is like a, a chemical processing plant. It breaks down, um, chemicals good or bad it breaks them down into their constituent uh, atoms molecules whatever and the body either reuses those uh, that chemistry or it eliminates it through the through the uh, kidneys so if I had a buildup of uric acid in my body I'd be looking at two things first of all what's my liver kidneys are doing and uh, am I eating something or is there something in my diet that is that would increase that um, that uric acid and well alcohol is it's just fermented sugar it's just sugary water that's been fermented oh yeah so oh, yeah. uh yeah it, it would definitely add to it especially since uh the byproduct of 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 almost everything in the body is is acidic you know cell respiration everything is acidic carbon dioxide acidic so yeah i mean we say it's a build-up of uric acid but i think generally it's a buildup of acids i think we just like to uric acid is something we like to we see a lot of in the joints and so that's why we say that's the cause but to, to be honest it's probably just a buildup of acids in general in the body uric acid is definitely a uh, indication of something more 
systemic. It's not just your toe. It's systemic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, <clears throat> so what, what sugars can we eat? So you mentioned fruit before. Tell us more about why you don't get fat from sort of like eating fruit sugars. Uh, fruit is interesting. Fruit is very, very interesting because it contradicts what we think we know about sugar and what we know about the human body. So first of all, fruit doesn't make you fat many because yes, it's full of fructose and we have that high fructose corn syrup, which is extremely concentrated and very bad for our health. But when you get that corn fructose in its natural form in the, in the, uh, in the corn, like it's full of water and it's full of fiber. And so it's a completely different, uh, complex of food i guess than something that is just concentrated uh i mean a lot of a lot of nutritionists a lot of dietitians you know when there were studies done on fruitarians that they were very surprised of what of the results like first of all uh what they found was that a lot of people who ate fruit uh they were smaller had smaller waistlines they when they were observed they had better everything from resting heartbeats to blood pressure, everything was surprisingly really good. Even the blood sugar levels were good. No diabetes in these people either, which also contradicts the, the science a little bit. Uh, but mm. yeah, basically it was shown that these, these guys were, uh, these, these communities of fruitarians were, were, were skinny. Like there wasn't a, a single fat one amongst them. So it was really interesting. And when they did a bit more studies, I guess they went and did uh, a bit more research. What they found was that fruits uh, is a very low calorie food. Uh, it actually assists in weight loss. Like even your um, uh, your national food guides and your you know your um, the pyramid. Yeah, and your dietitians they all agree that that fruit helps to 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 it helps with weight loss. Now there are certain foods in the, in the, in the plant kingdom, which are what are referred to as negative calories. There's very few of them, but most of them are fruit. So a negative calorie is a food that when you eat it, the calories that are contained within that food are all completely burnt just in digesting that food. If that makes any sense, it's so low calorie yeah. that if you were to eat that food, the amount of energy it would take to chew, uh, chemically and then mechanically digest that food is actually more than what's actually in the food. So an example of that is that uh, apples, all apples, uh, all berries. So that's like strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, these uh, watermelons are another one. Uh, there are some vegetables, but they're things like broccoli and cauliflower and nobody likes broccoli or cauliflower. So I didn't put them in, but and the reason that this is, is because fruit has this thing called a low glycemic load. Now we've been, I can't say lied to, we've been misdirected when it comes to the glycemic index. So the glycemic index is basically a, uh, it's a chart that calculates um, how can I put it? How rapidly a carbohydrate is digested and then released as glucose into the blood. So that's what the glycemic index indicates. Um, 
which is great, except it really doesn't tell us much about what we're eating. That's all it does is it tells us that um, our food will break down at this rate and then release into our blood at this rate. Uh, and the higher the number, you know, the worse it is and the lower the number, the better. But the truth is, is there's actually a better indication and that is called the glycemic load. So when you look at any, any food or most foods that are high on the glycemic index, they're usually very low on the glycemic load and the glycemic load is a better indication of how that carbohydrate is going to affect our blood sugars and fruit is really low on the glycemic load but really high on the glycemic index and that's really important that everyone should know that so we're being lied to a little bit with this whole glycemic chart charting so you want to go with the glycemic load of a of a of a um a food and try and ignore that glycemic index so the interesting thing is a lot of manufactured foods are very low on the glycemic index but very high on the glycemic load because they have all the hidden sugars in it. So please take note of that. That's an interesting one. Take note of that. So all the hidden sugars in most of our manufactured foods, in fact, they spike our blood sugars. And when you spike the blood sugar or you load the blood with too much glucose, the body begins to produce uh, glycogen and then body fat. Whereas something that is uh, low on the glycemic load doesn't affect blood sugar. So that's why they've done interesting studies where they've had type one diet and type two diabetics eat fruit and it barely moves the, uh, the blood glucose levels, blood sugar levels yeah. barely move. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting because well, according to the research, that's not supposed to happen. It's supposed to be the opposite, you know, because fruit is a very, um, fruit is a very high sugar food it should really be moving that blood sugar but the interesting thing is see when we test the blood sugar we we test glucose levels but fruit is fructose and you see glucose requires certain um, assistance to get from the blood into the cell and through throughout the body it constantly needs to go through these channels in the cell whereas fructose fructose travels like water through the body it's unhindered it just goes like diffusion through the through the body whereas glucose requires channels to get through the body, so in through the cells through the cell wall through the gastrointestinal tract wall it requires all these different channels whereas the fructose just is like water it just diffuses through the cell naturally which sort of <coughs> so um sorry go carry on which may suggest uh, to everyone like how important the fructose actually is to the human body. So that's fructose yeah. that is found in fruit. So not the fructose that is isolated to sweeten our food. So yeah. It's a real fructose that comes out of the fruit. Yeah. If you're that's not great. chewing fruit, it's not real. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, and you know, when people talk about fructose being bad for you, you need to differentiate the difference between what they're referring to. They're referring to that high fructose corn syrup, which is manufactured and is concentrated like a thousand times more concentrated than you'll find in a fruit, like an apple or something like that. It's yeah. so, so concentrated that it's almost like poison to the human body. 
Um, that, that's what they're referring to when they say, when somebody says to you, oh, fructose is bad for you, understand that they think that fructose is bad for them, but that is what they're referring to. They're not referring to the fructose that is found in natural fruit because nobody on this planet thinks that fruit is bad for the for you. No one, there's no science that backs that up. You know, there's nothing that's, that is believable because once again, you can put anything on PubMed, but like there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing that is believable. That's that, peer reviewed, I guess. Yeah, there's peer reviewed and it stands up to scrutiny that suggests that fruit yeah. is bad for us in any way. Yeah. So is there, um, can you give the viewers any, um, material that might be good to read on uh the list point and sugar you, have you read any books i know youtube is good guys like yeah YouTube i always say like google parents like we don't need parents anymore google can tell you everything so google definitely from me as someone who knows nothing uh google and youtube will definitely be able to give you some entertaining and hopefully factual uh content on uh, the bliss point and sugar. I like that. Shawnee, Jew, yeah. Jew. So there is a, a movie called that sugar film. I think it's called, or that sugar movie, that sugar film it's by an Australian comedian who went on a health food diet for, I think it was like 12 weeks. So he ate only out of the health food aisle for all three meals a day. And it just shows how he gained, I think it was like 12 kilos. Was, yeah maybe it was eight kilos but he gained a lot of weight and he was like at one point he was trying to eat the food and was vomiting because his body didn't want it yeah Damn, so, so that sugar film that sugar film and it goes to show you it, on netflix? It, yeah yeah it was on netflix but uh okay. it's <clears throat> what it basically what the movie does is it shows you so what um what the movie shows is is how you can go to the health food section of a shop of your supermarket and still find all those hidden sugars all Um, the marketing um, strategies to get you to eat it especially the 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 yogurts or the yogurts he he was going and he was having like one a day one or two a day and it was the, the healthy stuff the greek yogurt and yeah and he was showing how it had the hidden sugars in it. It was, it was interesting, interesting. I, but yeah. Um, if so you what, are, uh, what bit of advice would you give to someone who's about to kick off on a, maybe, uh, maybe they are vegan. Uh, maybe people are looking to go healthy. What's the one bit of advice you can give them when it comes to shopping supermarket? Uh, read the back of everything, anything that you're picking up. Is coming off a shelf that's not refrigerated or or frozen, uh, not frozen or you know iced. It comes from the produce section. Like pick it up, check the back of it, look at the ingredients, look how much sugar is in it. So basically, if it has a package. Read the back of it. Yeah, read the back of it. Um, yeah. I find the best thing to do is stay away from anything except the produce aisle, because even yeah, you, even bread, to say. even your bread has yeah. sugar in it. Uh, pasta yeah. has sugar in it, and a lot of uh, a lot of the stuff that you go to the refrigerator section and it says vegan. That's another one you should really check because, mm. like, just because it's vegan, it doesn't mean that it's healthy. Exactly. So that's yeah. the biggest controversial thing that I've seen on a lot of Australian vegan 
Facebook groups at the moment is people are saying like, just because it says vegan doesn't mean one, that it is vegan and two, that it's healthy. Like, you know, sugar is vegan. It is. Corn, yeah. corn syrup, you know, is vegan. Yeah. You know? Check it, check your products, check everything as it's going into the trolley. Uh, you will find, you will find in amongst everything, you will find small, small brand names that you don't recognize and they will have what you're looking for. Uh, yeah. I found uh, when I, when I was looking for coconut milk and things like that for my daughter, um, a lot of the supermarket brands just, they were either fortified with, with, uh, calcium carbonate or, and, and they had sugar and it added sugar to it. And it wasn't until I found a product called pure harvest that I found something that actually had coconut, it had coconut water, rice milk sea salt that was the only ingredients in it yeah. yeah and i found that it was in the long life milk section of the supermarket it blew my mind that's why it's just it's so hard it's so hard to eat healthy because nothing because well, you know unless you unless you have like you know an acre block of land in a good black fluffy soil uh area where you can drop down crops you can go hunting in a forest nearby where you won't deplete the, you know, the game. If you're a meat eater, like you're literally have, you have no options. Like people are walking around saying like, you know, we, you know, we've got a, you know, global warming and all this stuff. And it's like, guys, everything we're eating is just horrible. Like even a lot of the, you go into the produce section and a lot of that stuff is full of chemicals mm. as well that's been sprayed so we have no options and so <clears throat> yeah you just gotta try to at least you know you can wash your vegetables and stuff like that and you know you can't wash your steak or you you know you can't wash the uh the uh added hormones away from your steak and you you can't um you know cook remove them the added sugar from like vegan uh, spread, you know, or the added, you know, it's it's so difficult. The problem is now is that we have so many products that we're so used to, uh, like putting certain types of healthy spreads onto our healthy bread, and like it's that's only been around for like a hundred years, uh, if that. So oh, it's the twenties now, so a hundred years, so. There's so many things that we're so used to, but for the last like 4,000 years uh, have never been consumed by humans. And now in a hundred years, we're creating things that are literally poisonous to us and yet we're addicted to it. Mm. Like, like Coca-Cola. Like cigarettes. Well, cigarettes have been around for a long, long time. But yes, at least we're in Australia, at least in Australia, like you come to Europe, man, and it's like, it's like 1940 in Australia. Everybody has a cigarette in their mouth. So there's more yeah. smokers than non-smokers, basically. Really? Yeah. Well, they've made it impossible to smoke in this country. Good. $40, as you know, pack of 30 cigarettes, it's impossible. So it's now happening here in Denmark. So maybe a year and a half ago, they put up the gray plastic uh, covers on the uh, cigarettes in shopping in the in the supermarkets, so that's a start. 
I keep telling people about this wonderful thing where you can actually sit at a restaurant outside and not have the person next to you light up a cigarette. So it's mm. disgusting. So. Yeah, no worries. All right. Anyway, yeah. So I think that's it, guys. Uh, it's been a really good chat. I just want to one more time shout out. Okay, so if you're watching this on Facebook, guys, make sure that you click on the um, Sean Williams Naturopath uh, link that's at the top. It's his name. It's blue normally. Click on it. Head through to his uh, page and hit the like and the follow. If you're on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe and the bell button so you know when we release videos. All right, guys. It's been good chatting. Sean, as usual, it's been really good, man. Really informative. It all makes sense. So, any last words? Go look at my website. Uh, give me some... <laughs> Give me some uh, constructive criticism. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to going to bed because it's pretty late here now. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, Brabeans. Have a good one. We'll talk later. No worries, man. You have a good one. All, All right. right. Bye. See ya.